It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Custard TV. It's me again, Matt. Thank you for listening. Another four shows to discuss this week. And I have two very eager and willing co-hosts with me today. Sarah Kennedy is back and she's still in bed. How are you, Sarah? I'm in the best possible place for a really cold weekend. (laughs) I like to think you just haven't left since the last podcast that we did. I mean, if it was up to me, (laughs) then that would be the case. But no. Real life gets in the way. Also, I don't want to get piles or bed sores. No. Mm. <laughs> uh, and joining us again from the Coastal News podcast, we've got Cy Hampton in the Manchester area. How are you, Cy? Hello, I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me back. Are you guys That's okay? Fine. Yeah, not too bad. Are we getting ready for Christmas? I know Sarah's been out to the shops this morning. I'm done. You're done. I'm that person, done. Yes. Yes, do we're you, definitely going to Do you go out to the shops, Cy? Bit of both. Bit of online and a bit of shops because you could, you know, the shops are, at this time of year are the the only time of year you can enjoy going. There's nice music. There's normally a brass band somewhere in the distance, isn't there? <laughs> Lights. The rest of the year, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you just go for the experience, really. Yeah, I'm an all online kind of guy. I yeah, I don't do shopping very much. Sarah, you've been three hours in the shops this morning. Mainly yeah, buying for yourself. Okay, yes, mainly buying for myself. <laughs> you said that earlier. I did, didn't I? No, other people have been bought for as well, but yeah. But you mainly shops or bit of both or? Bit of both. Because I live by myself and the cat is very bad at answering the door, I worry about whether my, where my parcels are going to get dropped off. Is it a street where it could be easily seen if a parcel's left? Yeah. Less said about my neighbours, the better, frankly. (laughs) I'm not not sure who I'm protecting the parcels from, passerbys or (laughs) people closer to home. This could be a podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, Definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Thinking along the Christmas lines, do we watch uh, Christmas TV schedules uh, are out and ours should be out on the website by the time you hear this. Do we watch a lot of TV at Christmas or, you know, is it are we away from that a little bit more now? You know, are we Netflix? Are we sitting down in front of BBC One all night? 
Yes, I know. For me, I would say I think the last couple of years have been a bit strange, and the TV schedules recent. They're not. Are they just not as good as they used to be at Christmas? I don't know. They they, they seem a bit unimaginative. Um, or am I just getting old and grumpy? I don't know. A little of both, I think, because I I yeah. feel the same way. The special things don't feel quite as special, maybe. But maybe yeah. that is because they're pitched for sort of a younger family audience most of the time. I don't know. This year we've got like ghosts and motherland and detectorist stuff that we like. Um, but yeah, I I think specifically like ITV. They just roll out the hits every year, don't they? Like, mm. you know, your soaps mm. and your Anton Deck and The Last Doc Martin is on. And then BBC, you know, they have Strictly and Call the Midwife and EastEnders and stuff like that. So it is quite, you know, there's no variety. You sort of know what you're going to get every Christmas day now, don't you? I think maybe yeah. that's what yeah. you're saying. You know, they have stuck to a formula that works for them, I think. And Channel 4 have got the great pottery throwdown. So if you like that, then if you actually, yes, I'm a closet <laughs> pottery fan because of that show. So that's what you'll and, be. And watching. they'll have the big fat quiz of everything every day, won't they? I suppose yeah, as well. Yeah, that that's how it's worth a go. Uh, so the shows today, we are journeying back to ITVX. We have got uh, David Tennant in Litvinenko. We have got a, a holdover from last week, which is the Confessions of Franny Langton on Apple TV, Little America. And just like everyone else, we thought we'd give our opinions on the uh, Harry Meghan Netflix documentary. Sai, do you want to just tell people a little bit about your podcast? We are Coastal News. We're a home and away podcast for our sins. Uh, going with, well, we, my co-host Sophie and myself, every week sit down and we... Um, as all soap super fans do, we talk about it to the nth degree, like it's the only thing important in the world. And yeah, we, we're loving it. Um, we're on winter break at the moment because the show is. So we'll be back in January. What do you think about the Neighbours news? I know we've talked about this briefly on on a prior podcast, but as, a, as an Australian soap fan. That blindsided us all, didn't it? That yeah. blindly. Mm. <laughs> But it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of because uh, there's another soap in America, isn't there, that's gone on to Peacock. Days of Our Lives, is it? Someone was telling me. Yeah, these big soap brands are, are, are streaming and looking at it. This is a bit strange, strange times. I think some of the other networks might watch this closely. I suspect the value in that deal will be the back catalogue. That's good. And great for fans, great for jobs, you know, exciting. But yeah, I think it's an interesting time for soap genre. And Sarah, have we got any uh, articles or are we just looking at old stuff on Why Now? Um, I've got stuff that you should have watched last month. And I've got an article about ITVX. I was expecting to be very pro ITVX. By the time I'd finished all the research and written the article, it became a bit of a rant. So okay. that'll be up uh, at the start of next week. As a TV website who've been looking at it and and getting all the press releases since, you know, the beginning of the year, it did seem like they didn't quite know what they were doing. And I think we can talk about it a little bit because we've all used it this week, haven't we, for for one of the shows. It's at whynow.co.uk. And where can we find Coastal News site? On all your podcast apps and uh, at Coastal News Pod on Twitter. And we are the Custard TV podcast. You can find us... As, as with Sai, on all your podcast apps of choice, please rate, review and subscribe. We've got a lot of podcasts coming up in December. Also on the site, thecustardtv.com, uh, we have got the best of the year piece uh, that both myself and Sarah have contributed to. And we will be doing uh, the end of the year podcast. We will have 
all our contributors picking their top tens as well so a lot to look forward to and again if you'd like to uh, be a part of the podcast just uh, drop us a dm either on at custard tv pod at uh, luke custard tv or at matt's tv bites so i did that and look where he is now you know he's he's, <laughs> he's third time on the podcast so there you go <laughs> So let us start the reviews. First off, we've got Litvinenko. This is the true story of former Russian spy Alexander Litvinenko, who uh, in 2006 was poisoned. David Tennant playing Litvinenko. The police are called to the hospital. We've got Detective Inspector Brent Hyatt, who is played by Neil Maskell. There's someone to interview him. He basically says, I'm here to report a murder my own basically a homicide before anyone has actually been killed the doctors are skeptical they can't find sort of any evidence of him actually being poisoned even though he is uh, adamant that he has been this first episode is the police getting Litvinenko's dying statement as the counter-terrorist unit also start to get involved with this Mark Bonner plays the investigator from from that department and this basically ends the first episode with uh, Litvinenko's death which is a bit surprising I thought because the promotion for this has mainly been David Tennant and all the pictures that we've had have got that the very sort of famous picture of Litvinenko bald in the hospital bed. I, I sort of knew this story but I didn't know the finer details but I was surprised that going forward is going to focus more on the investigation reading it it went on for 10 years and it's just I think last year that they have come out and said that Putin was semi-responsible for what happened so as a drama what did you make to this side? Similar to you I I, I knew the story briefly I think you know back when this happened I was at uni not really paying too much attention about the world like you do I knew it happened but didn't know anything detail so that's the detail I want and at the beginning you know that that hook you mentioned I want to report a murder it's my own I thought oh yes this is juicy and it's true you know so I'm, I'm here and this is just crazy I'm here for it I felt a little bit disappointed that basically everything I wanted to know now, I know in episode one, the, what was it he said, the how, the when and the why, I'll tell you everything. He's handed the, the, you know, the names over quite early on to the police. The relationship between him and the police, uh, the detective, was probably my favourite part about the episode, sort of rapport that they had going on. So um, when he did die, I was surprised like you, but also disappointed because I thought, I won't carry on now because I'm not interested in a detective drama. You know, I think I made the mistake of watching this on a Tuesday morning whilst working as well. Which doesn't <laughs> help. It, this really needs your attention, right? Not just because there's there's a Russian accent, there's Russian language at times, but David Tennant's performance. Obviously, he's he's on his deathbed. He's laying he's laying in bed, but he's flipping in and in out between English and Russian. One of those you're gonna have to sit down and be in the mood for. You know, and I, I wonder whether I was prepared for it enough before I started it. It was really, it was really, really enjoyable, really good. It was fascinating to learn the ins and outs and the police, you know, for example, the police not taking it seriously at the beginning. And you'd expect, you'd expect the police to be really serious about this stuff nowadays. So it's, that was, that was insightful. But yeah, I, I've sort of got everything from it already. Do I need to carry on? Do I want to watch a detective now? I, I don't know. You've had the exciting bit already, I, I, yeah. and you, that's enough sort of thing. We've lost 
we've lost our star already. Uh, yeah, I, 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 maybe I'm being a bit. I think maybe flippant. people will have similar reactions. I think based on the promotion of it, certainly. Well, they've pulled a bit of a Jed Mercurio on us, haven't they? <laughs> Although <laughs> you can't go into this story thinking, well, maybe he gets better because we know he absolutely doesn't. Shout out to um, whoever was doing makeup. And David Tennant's performance, we literally see him fade away in front of our eyes mm. over the course of two or three days. I thought that naturalistic performance was absolutely incredible. With people who, who are sort of obviously doing accents for TV, you know how sort of jarring they can be. I think we've talked about this quite a bit this year. I thought his Russian accent was brilliant. I was completely bought into the fact that, that this was Litvinenko. I was really astonished by that like Sai said the relationship between him and Brent the detective was definitely really warm um he's saying all these nice things about um British police as compared to Russian police and you know it was very patriotic but of course that's what you get isn't it people who emigrate to the UK are oftentimes the most patriotic I just thought it was lovely I thought it was really good and I was looking forward to it and then I think I was actually surprised by how much I liked it mm. um, so I think it wasn't I didn't watch it on a Tuesday morning while I was yeah. supposed to be working <laughs> I, yeah. I was definitely in the mood for it but I do take your point are we going to see flashbacks are we going to see any more of David Tennant or was that it was it was it one and done for him and are we interested enough in the police I think it's a really good question his wife as well I thought the actress who played her gave a stunning performance as well resigned to the fact that her husband you know had a dangerous life dangerous job enemies but also she was just hoping that maybe he was wrong but yeah this is i think what i would describe as a solid drama the sort of thing i like about this is it's about police officers who were good at their jobs you know we haven't got any demons we see neil maskell's character brent at home with his wife and he's worried that that she is is it polonium that he's yeah. poisoned with that, that that that's been transferred via the book that he's been given by um they call him sasha don't they as a sort yeah. of a term of shortened name sasha's given him this book and he's worried that he's transferred that and actually reading around the case a little bit the amount of polonium that got transferred apparently it was the third time that they tried to poison him that was successful so again i don't know as, as you said sarah whether there are flashbacks i did have a little bit of a skim through episode two and it was very much just these these officers but mm. i really liked the performances from neil maskell and i know we didn't get as much of mark bonner but these are two actors who i've really liked in things as sort of supporting performers and it's good to see them taking the lead in this and it is a story as i said that i don't really know so i'm intrigued to see sort of like the nuts and bolts of the case thought the script as well with this was re was really really good there was i've written some some lines down like i will survive but i will die a free person you know things like that 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 that, that livenenko was saying you know that david tennant david tennant's lines there were things that would stay with you you know and i think if it continues with such a strong at Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. 
Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Strong script like that, I think it's got the chance of being a hit. Is this going out on linear as well? The ITVX structure is that these will be first run on ITVX and then I think at least six months before it hits linear. Wow. Because they're promoting ITVX as the biggest free streaming service or biggest collection of new shows on a free streaming service, something like that. And it is odd because that you would figure that this would be like a tentpole drama for yeah. ITV. That's exactly what I was going to say. It just feels like the, the big one that you would you would imagine we'd all be watching you know on a monday night yeah. or whatever this and there's um in a couple of weeks without sin with vicky mcclure that again feels like another one that would be a big start of the season uh drama for itv to hang the hat on but they're obviously wanting this itvx to be a big hit i think i will definitely continue with this but it's not sort of something that that wowed me but it's it's a very as i say solid crime drama that you are intrigued by especially if you don't know the story as well and i think the performances tenant i enjoyed i mean sarah you mentioned the accent like what did you make to it Sai? because i've seen some criticism of it I thought his accent was great. The only thing I struggled with was flipping between English and Russian. And it's because I'm a bit slow on the uptake, right? And I was multitasking whilst watching it, um, which you wouldn't be doing if you were sitting down. Maybe give it another go, side. Yeah. I found it distracting that he would perfectly answer the question in English. And the accent didn't bother me. I thought it was great, actually. And then suddenly he would talk Russian and I thought there's no need. That was actually a really sad bit because he was running out yeah. of energy. He couldn't think in English anymore. Ah, he, was, he was going ah, because yeah. he was so poorly. It was easier for him to think in Russian again. And being someone who used to book interpreters for the NHS, I did think actually probably would take two or three days for an interpreter to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they do do some of these flashbacks maybe in a later episode. But I, I still enjoyed it. And I think those two performances uh, as well, so Tennant, Bonner and Maskell, are all really good and I think you know if you like your crime dramas if you like your ITV crime dramas especially then this mm. is up your street and um, Sarah will definitely be continuing with this as will I I think Sai will give it another go when it's not Tuesday morning yeah um, ITVX from Thursday the 15th of December continuing on ITVX now we have got uh, the Confessions of Franny Langton this was one of the First dramas that dropped along with uh, two we reviewed last week, uh, Spy Among Friends and Tell Me Everything. We all used ITVX for this, I'm assuming, as well. So what did you make of the... I know, obviously, Sarah, you've written an article about this, but what did you make about sort of the interface and the, the, sort of the shiny newness of what used to be the ITV hub? I thought the website itself was fine. I thought it was weird that it knew who I was. It used my login from ITV without my permission. I had a bit of trouble finding, you know, when they put like the sort of banner stuff at the top mm. and they sort of, you sort of lose the stuff that you actually want underneath. I had a bit of trouble with that. Um, my main dislike, though, is that my massive, beautiful, wonderful smart TV, which is not that old and absolutely not due a replacement, I can't get it as an app. 
because they're not supporting some TVs made before 2016, which just seems ridiculous because don't you want your very expensive drama to be seen on big TVs instead of on a laptop or a mobile phone? It made me a bit disgruntled. <laughs> but I think more and more people are doing that with these you know, streaming services. I think Luke said something to me uh, similar to what you've just said. And Sly, do you feel the same? On my TV, the app still says it's ITV Hub. But when you go into oh. it, ITV Hub, it's X inside. Do you um, know what? I didn't do that because I just assumed yeah. that it was what it said on the tin. Yeah. However, they've got rid of the live channel from it mm. so i can't watch itv live and of someone who whose aerial swung off long time ago never to be replaced <laughs> that was handy to watch something live every now and then <laughs> so bring that back please they, in the 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 sort of the bump that they've said they said they're sort of having loads of different channels as part of it so there's like you know uh, one where all of it's being signed and things like that whether they're working on that and you'll have that back eventually i would assume uh the confessions of franny langton uh, this is based on a book by uh, sarah collins and it is a period drama very much you're in in the depth from the get-go we've got in the first 90 seconds we've got death we've got sex so who best to lead us through this than an expert on both it's sarah kennedy oh you say the nicest things to me there was also drugs but fine i'll take i'll take sex and death (laughs) so it's 1826 and there's been two murders the mistress and the master of this family the the benhams um so franny was a serving girl to them but there's more to her than meets the eye um she gets carted off for murder immediately because she wakes up in bed next to the dead very foxy french wife um who looks like she's been stabbed there's a lot of blood there's a lot of blood guys as we go along in that sort of chopping and changing between timelines we learn more about franny who was enslaved in jamaica and brought over unwillingly. And she seems to know this George Benham guy, and she basically wants revenge. She absolutely wanted to murder him, but she didn't. And it's like, how come that she knows this guy already? Because international slave trade, there wasn't a lot of connection for people like that between here and the UK. It's not like they were going to be writing letters to each other. So it's all very mysterious. There's just something about it. The way, I think it's maybe sort of 20 minutes in, she takes over her own narrative and she becomes the narrator and that is really effective. She sort of takes control of her own story and she says to the audience, this won't be another slave history sugared over with misery and despair. She's more than that and she's going to tell us exactly who she is. What happens, it turns out, is that she was part of an experiment um, with a guy called Langton who was working with George Benham. It was a study of the natural mental endowments of each race. Um, Langton has written some pretty nasty racist propaganda, which the housemaid, Mrs Lennox, reads out to her. There's just so much going on here. And it's not a story that's straightforward. And that is to its credit. So Franny gets dumped by Langton, who seems to be in financial difficulties, with his partner in crime, George Benham. And that's how she ends up there. And the reason that she stays, I think, and doesn't run away um, is the fact that she falls in love with the wife. 
and it feels like that's mutual. This very well-educated woman is stuck in London and now stuck in prison. What happens next? And I can't wait to find out. Very much up your street, this, I thought. I think this is for you. And I've seen some comparisons to Bridgerton as well, which I know you're a fan of. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. This is way more intelligent than Bridgerton. Bridgerton is a box of shiny chocolates. This is a proper book. This is a hardbacked, leather-bound book. This is smart. The characters seem contradictory and well-rounded and like real people. And we're talking about big issues here, but also those issues don't overwhelm Franny's actual life. I just think it's really smart. Yeah, I cannot wait to see what happens. Interestingly, uh, for an adaptation, uh, the author, Sarah Collins, has adapted this herself. So there is that element that she's putting on screen what she wants to say. And I I was having a bit of a read about this and she was initially a lawyer on the Cayman Islands for 13 years and then did a literature degree and then wrote this in, in 2019. So it's not particularly sort of old book, but apparently there was a lot of interest in it a lot of different publishing houses after it. I'd not heard of the book, but, you know, you I, I personally was swept up in this. I thought Carla Simone Spence was really captivating as Franny Langton. I think you need to have a strong performer at the heart of this. And, you know, she plays this defiance very well. The scene where she realises she's basically been sold into servitude by the master that she thought that you know she was almost on the same level as this is someone who has learned sort of a lot of things you know she's well read now she's articulate when compared with the staff that she then is is forced to work alongside i i I thought that you know that they bonded as well over both being trapped madame ben and marguerite is very much sort of trapped in this loveless marriage. It won't sort of be on my priority list, but I I think if you enjoy a period drama, there is a lot going on here. The characters are very well drawn. I think as it is the author, she is taking special care of it. And, you know, there's obviously money gone into this, so everything looks fantastic. I like how they play as well with the the flashbacks, because you get flashbacks not only to her saying, this is what happened when I came to the Benhams, but also sort of how Langton's involved and that, you know, you see her as a child as well uh, in Jamaica. So there's a there's a lot going on. So are you, are you a fan generally of costume dramas? Where do you sort of land on, on those, first of all? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're all good. The great, massive, the great fan. Oh, I love the great. I am too gushing about it. I thought it, there was just the right amount of complexity to not be confusing mm. because the whole episode was a backtrack from the murder that, you know, the bad thing happens at the top of the episode that's you know but within the backtrack we're also flashing back so there was just enough just enough I agree with what Sarah said as well about her narrating her own story and which wasn't right from the top and I thought that was really really clever because the 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 symbolism there of her um take like you said taking control was really really effective and sometimes narration like that from the first, per, you know, from the lead character can sometimes be distracting in some shows, you know, and it can sometimes get in the way of your enjoyment. That did not not happen here. It was it, it complemented it perfectly. As, as you say, um, Carla Simone Spence's performance was was stellar. 
and and, and really believable. The Lennox character as well, the the um the, the Pookie Quesnel that yeah. plays her, she's been in everything, mm. so she was very familiar. Um, really, um, I thought that was a great performance. I mean, it is a bit of yeah. a generic character, like this hard faced, you know, yeah. Victorian housekeeper, but she she played it well. I'm left with loads and loads of questions. There's this potential relationship developing, as you say, and, and Lennox knows about it. She's seen it. And we know there's been this murder. So now I'm like, is she getting close to her because she's getting a, you know, Langton? Is it the maid? You know, is it like, is it the Lennox character that's to blame? I've got all these questions now. Um, so I'm in. Let, let's do it. <laughs> let's get off air and do it. <laughs> yeah, because there is that murder mystery element to it, I suppose, yeah. isn't there? Because we're thinking she didn't do it. So who who did do it? And you have got like those flashbacks early on to all these some characters that we are introduced to, some characters that we aren't introduced to. The narration itself, is it sort of her thing that she's going to say to the court, isn't it? It's like, this is her story. This is leading up to it's sort of almost yeah. this is why I didn't do it and yeah and she's convincing us why she's capable of murder mm. this is her experience of why she potentially could be driven to it right but obviously it's not going to be as straightforward as that surely <laughs> you know it was gripping and at the center of it is this massive issue that here in Key West we were out before it was in in this open and inclusive paradise you can be yourself make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's uncomfortable, but not invasive to you as the viewer when she gets into prison and they're all touching her and she says like is it it's not going to rub off oh yeah. and when he's like take your headdress down not for that i want to like just sample a bit of your hair and that's so intimate he's like i want to see your hair and i want to chop a bit off because i want to experiment on it because it's different to mine today perhaps we might call them microaggressions but all of these things othering the black people in it. And I really liked how, I don't know whether it was a conscious choice, but I really liked how the Jamaican accent was really strong and like the vernacular used was correct. And I really liked it. Like you say, there's just so much detail here, but I didn't at any point feel overwhelmed. As, as a lead character, like I'm now rooting for it. That defiance, you know, you just want to get behind mm. her, you know. For me, the, the standout scene was when she met the lawyer and she just said, you know, I'm tired of people like you looking at me and, and deciding everything about me. And I thought, yes, go on, girl. <laughs> yeah, a couple of times she's accused of being impudent and I'm like, yes, yeah. brilliant, do it, lean in, girl. So I believe there's four of these in total, so it wouldn't take you long sight to have a powwow through these, would it? Just... <laughs> no. That, is, again, is all up on ITVX now. Now we journey to uh, Little America. Now, this was a 
anthology series. We first had this in the early days of Apple TV Plus in 2020, and myself and Luke did review this when it started. These are stories that all featured in i can't remember the name, epic magazine i think it's called yes epic magazine so these are this is like a piece of the magazine where they have these stories of people who have come to america from other countries and have got these tales to tell so they are all based on true stories we each pick one of these now i watched all three that we picked uh, my colleagues have only watched the ones uh, that they picked so Sarah, do you want to kick us off here? Just because yours is the first in order, it's called The Bra Whisperer. Yeah, so I spent a really pleasant half an hour with these characters. This is about Inez. She's from Belize and she is the Bra Whisperer of Brooklyn. We meet her on the up. Her star is ascendant because she's got a feature in the New York Times. She's a little bit embarrassed about this publicity. She's not a natural businesswoman, but she is the master of her tiny backroom domain, which is a stockroom in a bridal shop. It's so warm watching her deal with her customers. The vital importance of getting a bra that actually fits, measured for you and specified by an expert. Can I just say to the listeners with boobs, stop buying your bras online, get thee to M&S. You want someone called Tina in her late 50s measuring you because you'll never you'll never have a better fashion experience when you know actually what size you are. That's this week's Life Skills with Sarah Kennedy segment. <laughs> That's again, right. She says things to her customers like, shame does you no good, you deserve to feel amazing. It's so empowering. We learn a little bit of her story. She came to America to work as a nanny for Hannah in a Jewish kosher household. And that relationship is one of sort of master and servant, but also friendship. It's quite complicated. Hannah had a bra store originally, And that's what inspired Inez to go and work for her and then work for herself. Inez came over alone, leaving her two-year-old daughter Priscilla behind. And then we see Priscilla, age sort of six, I think, come over and try to get used to living with mum, you know, a person who she can barely remember. Adult Priscilla is much more business-minded and she is taking mum in hand. The New York Times article was a result of her and so she just wants her mum to do better. There's so much here. Again, it's so rich and I cannot believe that they touched on all of these things like so delicately in 30 minutes. Uh, Mothers and daughters, servitude, success, race, religion, fitting in, what it means to be a family, what it means to be a woman. It was extremely satisfying. I really loved it. So excited to go back and watch the first series and then watch all of these as well. I could have done with a full series of this. I don't know if you agree, but this this feels very much like, you know, they could have done a whole series of her coming to America, working for Hannah, building up this knowledge of the bras. And, you know, you know she would learn from Hannah, didn't she, all, mm. all of these skills. And she had that sort of person, a bit, uh, I don't know, you know, not personability, that's not a word. <laughs> you yeah, know, that's she's a word. personable that's a word. with the clientele. There's that lovely scene where she's with the girl who's having her first bra measured and who's very mm. nervous about it. But no, I really enjoyed this one. I think all of these are about people at a point where they're trying to sort of broaden their horizons from where they are to this is like the next step. So for Inez, it's getting the new store off the ground. In the one that, that I picked, which is called Camel on a Stick, this is about a chef who has got a Somalian restaurant but has been 
desperate to get a dish to the Milwaukee State Fair for a number of years and has trialled several different things. And the thing that's worked for him is putting camel meat on a stick because anything on a stick appeals to the Americans. And obviously, like, camel is a sort of exotic delicacy, but there is, like, a sticking point with... Um, there is a another um, restaurateur on the same street. The area that they are in, in Milwaukee is called Li- Little Mogadishu. And I had no idea that, like, Somalian cuisine was a thing until I watched this, but apparently there's a lot of different dishes. Camel is almost like quite a sacred meat, so there's this thing about why are you putting this on a stick to serve to Americans who don't really appreciate it? It does almost sort of play out like a mini version of the bear because he's got like 24 hours to make all these camel on a stick and he's trying to make deals with all of these people so he can get like the meat delivered in time so that he can get people to help him. And it comes to a point where he gets it all to the fair like the very American news reporter comes and all everyone's focused on her to eat this bit of camel and her reaction is it tastes just like chicken as people often say when when they try these exotic meats because of all the stuff that's happened he collapses but he comes to and it's a success and you find out that you know subsequently he's opened a number of restaurants uh, in New York and utilized Somalian cuisine there so again it is very much a sort of heartfelt story about succeeding and and that sort of moment where your star flourishes so that was that was camel on a stick and Sai, you went for the space door was yours i watched space doors this is a coming of age story um about a girl named yana she's belarusian and she's moved to new york um, and she's been there on her own without her partner. Later, we find out is her husband who has been left behind in uh, Belarus with visa holdups. And we meet her in her story as she's writhing around on the couch with a lover. And <laughs> said, <laughs> said husband is on the phone, elated that his visa's come through and he'll be there stat. You know, she's only got two days to clear away this um, fun, free life she's been living in America. Well, and the hickeys as well. <laughs> and the hickeys, yes. <laughs> but don't go unnoticed by um, Maxime, her her Belarusian husband, who arrives. And and we learn quite quickly that these are two very different people from when Yana left. She's slotted into corporate America, if you like. She's got a job on Wall Street, um, but she's got this inner passion to be a DJ. Maxime, her husband, happens to be one as well. And he's even got the sense of dress. I'm sure you'll agree, Matt. <laughs> uh, he looks like a DJ. She, the she's going shorts to work. and the, the things on his all the bits of leather and things, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. it's early 2000s, this, I believe. And it's very early 2000s, his hair, isn't it? You have to see it to believe it, yeah. everybody. And Yana is this character. She's she's off to work in the grey pencil skirt. You know, the, 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 this juxtaposition of what her old life used to be like and now what she's like. However, she still keeps the shiny, glittery party shoes on to the office, you know, just, just to keep a bit of a personality in there. And and we have these sort of scenes, you know, he's the deadbeat with no job and she's sort of, you know, she's moved on. She's been in America a while now. And she, that we have these sort of a few sequences where they're arguing about that and they're, they're going their separate ways. And then there's this moment she goes to the bathroom and she opens but you know, those mirrored cabinets and behind it inside she sees a sort of 
portal, if you like, to a party. So she climbs on in. That ends up being a device for us because she climbs on into a past. She's This party is back at the club in Belarus and she's meeting him. And so that's a way of them to flesh out their characters of how they got to this point in their lives. And she revisits the mirror to remind her just when she's probably about to give up on a relationship. She visits the mirror in the bathroom to remind herself, I think, about how happy they are together and what, what you know, how, how and why they fell in love. She realises that they've grown up, that their differences are now too, too great. And then suddenly that she opens the mirror and that's no longer there. So that, you know, she can't, she can no longer go there. You know, she's got to move on. That was a really nice story. What was really, really interesting about this one, Yana herself um, wrote it. Um, and it, do, it does tell you at the end. So it's, it's a real sort of autobiography. as well. And directed, that's right. Very sort of, I like those fantasy elements as well, which I think she's obviously woven in from her life because she became a DJ, didn't she? She quit yeah. her non-specific Wall Street job. They don't really go into what she was doing on Wall Street, but she quit that job, becomes a DJ, and then becomes a film director, and then directs sort of a bit of her life. Yeah, it's Ooh, and Pet Shop about... Boys. The music is good. <laughs> <laughs> It's about growing apart, isn't it? Like there's that scene where she's on the phone to her mother who sort of disapproves of when she finds out that they got married in secret because um, they told the registrar that, that she was pregnant. She was like eight months pregnant, even though she was sick <laughs> thin. I mean, the mother says he that Maxim is a great first love. But, you know, you are very different people. And you actually do see that, that once he gets to America, He's very dismissive of all the Americans who he meets. They're all posers. You know, she's trying to line him up contacts in the DJing industry. Even though he can't work, he can work on his sound, but he just doesn't want to do anything. And, you know, we've been living apart. There's been this great sort of romantic ideal that when we are reunited, when you've got your visa, it's going to be love. But she's moved on. He's sort of stayed as he was in those scenes that you see when she goes through the space door. So it's... This was a little bit different, but different in a good way because it was it mm. had that little sort of fantasy element to it. But yeah, there are eight episodes in total at the moment on on Apple TV, and it is well worth your time. I know that Sarah, you you said to me last week you do like an anthology series. I do. Yeah, I thought Raw was excellent, and I really like that Apple are taking risks on these what are essentially short stories these stories are very rich and some of the ethnicities are like um Inez for example from Belize it's not somewhere you sort of think about really is it Belize or mm. Belarus really and and I just you know it is very eye-opening it's, it's great that people are able to tell their stories because everyone's got like a quirky story in them haven't they so it's great to see this and you know I think all of us would recommend this the ones that we've seen so yeah that's Little America that is on Apple TV now. Now it's time for the main event, everyone. It's uh, Harry and Meghan dropped on Thursday the 8th on Netflix. I obviously had heard about this, that they'd signed a is it about $12 million contract with Netflix, something like that, to make educational and entertainment programming. But the, the sort of announcement that it was coming so soon, I think, was a bit unexpected and as we learned, things were bumped and moved around the Netflix schedules. 2.4 million people watched this in the UK when it aired on Thursday night. Certainly the the Barb rating for it, they only measure people who actually watch Netflix 
on their TV, but it seemed like quite a few people got through to the end of the series on the first day because 800,000 people got to episode three as well. So, Sai, do you just want to give us a, a quick sort of run through? I mean, did you watch more than episode one? I know Sarah didn't and I didn't either. No, I watched no. episode one. It was enough. OK, I'll, in- <laughs> I'll, in- I'll introduce the document that is no introduction. OK. <laughs> The world's been talking about it. It's finally arrived. Harry and Meghan's Netflix deal. It's their freedom from the firm. This is what they're doing. This is they're funding everything with this. And it's USP is we're hearing from the horse's mouth themselves. So they've sat down. They're talking us through their story, but from their point of view, very anti-mainstream media, anti-tabloid. This is what you think of us, but we'll tell you the truth type tone to it fair dues um t- tell us yeah so i took a gamble watching this and i thought i'll take a bath while i watch it so i had a bath got the tablet going and i thought i should hopefully shouldn't need to write too much down about this and i was right there's nothing really in it that we haven't seen so it's a full full hour was the first episode and actually I've seen it all on a Channel 5 on a Saturday night, right? Stock shots of the royal family, you know, story about how it works. Um, it, it definitely felt like um, it wasn't really aimed at us here in the UK. I don't know if you agree with that. The history of the royal family. Yeah, seen it a million times. And it's the same moving images. It's the same clips over and over again that, we, that we're all used to. The cuts to the journalist, you know. <laughs> you know, telling us how it works. (laughs) You know, that has been done loads of times. There was probably about 10 minutes, if you took it out, of those talking to us and telling us how they met. Uh, You know, they they met on Instagram, which was just mind-blowing for me. Like, Prince Harry's just sliding into people's DMs on Instagram. Really? (laughs) Um, And they're going through their story, uh, telling us, you know, how wonderful and how lovely their relationship is and 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 I think you genuinely can see regardless of what you think regardless you know there's a lot of opinions about the pair of them they're a couple they're in love and they feel like they want to share that story great you know I I was buying into it that they sounded really happy uh, in those early days there was no scandal I think I think the public has a lot more empathy to these two than perhaps the media coverage of this documentary has you, you can't turn the TV on this week for seeing it and, and debating it. There was nothing in episode one that was like scandal. If you're going to tune in and you're looking for some big scandal about about the royal family, there wasn't that in episode one. It was a nice discussion of them two telling us how they met. But you got the impending dread, didn't you, I think, in the... Yeah. <laughs> the, the press that got involved now and, it, you know, it was very anti-press. They're describing mm. this not as a documentary, but as a two-part event as well, I should say, you know. Uh, we should say yes Two. there there's more there's more there's another three episodes coming yep three Gosh. three episodes this week three episodes next week oh, and go. the tv reviewers who i did read before watching it myself were furious that they'd had to watch three episodes they were very <laughs> grumpy <laughs> the review that i've got up here from uh, lucy mangan in the guardian says uh, so sickening i almost bought up my breakfast <laughs> yeah, similar. There's a guy called Archie who writes for whynow.co.uk and he starts out quite even-handed and then by the end of it he is fuming. <laughs> I think everyone sort of had their opinion on Harry and Meghan as a couple, but what did you make to this uh, as hour-long episode of TV? It was exactly like Sai said. It was 
kids who fell in love and oh god so much of their instagram i was just i don't want to be their friend on instagram why am i having to suffer through all of these pictures all animal pictures Um, well yeah because it's all about conservation he must have killed like you know i don't know 100 million pheasants as a young man so now he feels guilty he's got to go and save the um elephants (laughs) i found it i found it sickening like in the worst way that they call each other h and m i was like like, it's just so gross <laughs> but yeah of course you know it's it's this love story obviously played out ridiculously because they were so far apart they were proper long distance and harry was determined to keep it secret as well which must have been very exciting but megan is bright i mean harry less so we've seen the gene pool he came from she must have realized what she was getting into obviously not the horrible depths of it but you know, the fact that he's like, oh, we should keep this relationship a secret. And she didn't go, why? <laughs> it must have been very exciting. She um, didn't Google him, we know that. Well, see, that's got to be bullshit as well, hasn't it? <laughs> or how to um, put They start this, don't they, by showing a clip from an interview that she did in 2015 when she's promoting Suits, where they ask her, who does she prefer, Prince William or Prince Harry? And she has no Just to show viewers that she didn't know anything about the she's so normal yeah she was she's not conniving she didn't have a game plan i mean who does meet on instagram that's so mad one more point i wanted to make about harry himself because i mean he comes across very well but he's still a prick who went to eton when he says that they had to pull the pin on the fun grenade (laughs) for their last night out just wants to throttle him at that point. <laughs> Where he <laughs> just... dressed as a army man as well. Yeah, some sort of paratrooper thing. I mean, hasn't he got history with that sort of thing? At least, you they know, didn't it was bring that a... up, did they? <laughs> I mean, perhaps, the, I, I assume they will at some point. How can you get around that? But they did a whole now... thing about all these things that the press had brought up when he was young and drinking and doing drugs but we didn't do the uh, the nazi halloween costume now he's talking about how wonderful his wife is how difficult all of this racism has been for her and how wonderful his mixed race children are they're gonna have to approach that at some point it wasn't a proper documentary because there were no dissenting voices this is just their story it's not balanced in any way um, when i say dissenting voices i don't mean tabloids screaming that how dare she be you know, divorced, American, black. I mean, a proper balance. Didn't get the guy's name, but someone on Twitter wrote, every time Harry and Meghan explain why they walked away from royal life and attempted to put as much distance as possible between themselves and all the shitty UK media, all the usual suspects swarm viciously to remind everyone that they were dead right to do so. And that's what we're seeing this week, isn't it? You know, it's one of those things where they say they want to go away from the spotlight, but then they do like a, you know, six episodes. I think... No, I think that might have been either misconstrued or mm. they've used the wrong word for it. They yeah. don't want to step away from the spotlight. They bloody love the spotlight. She was an actress, <laughs> you know, lives in the spotlight. What they want is to be able to say it in their own terms without some horrible but, dickhead with his own agenda like Piers Morgan, you know, mm. writing the headlines for them. Yeah, not sticking up for the media at all here don't worry exactly. but i i think and, and that... harry of course is particularly nervous because of what happened to his mum and and the fact that i think most people certainly the royal family and most 
normal people would be like, yeah, maybe the press did hound Diana to death. I think the thing is, though, like their own story just isn't that interesting, perhaps, to warrant a six episode. um, Absolutely not. No. From what (laughs) I've read, the friction and the dissent and the the moving decision to move away from the royal family comes in the last three episodes. So there's a lot of love story to sit through before you get to any of the fireworks. I was surprised how much I had to, I I didn't want to know about Harry's gap year, for example. (laughs) (laughs) I liked how we had like, as they always do in these, the talking heads, the the friends of both of them. She has a friend called Silver Tree. And one of his friends is the Prince of Lesotho. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, of course. But yeah, I, I felt for the person who had to rifle through all this news footage to find like, there's the scene where someone's saying, look, at young Harry's got these uh, binoculars, these these cardboard binoculars that he's made to look back at the press. And, you know, I think belabouring the point is the, the phrase I would use here, because, you know, I think we could have got through all this a lot quicker. Um, having read like a synopsis of the first three episodes, apparently the third one looks at sort of like the racial stuff and the history of slavery in the UK, which mm, interesting, <laughs> but. This feels maybe a little lightweight to be doing yeah. the history of slavery in the UK. Just a tad, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that none of us were that bothered to go on, I think, sort of speaks volumes, really. And and looking at these opening day ratings, you know, the drop there from 2.4 million for episode one to 800 million for episode three. I suppose some people will go back to it the next day, but, you know, for like th- three hour commitment, which you could probably make on that one night... A lot of people obviously wanted to see where's the scandal and it's just not there. And as you said, Sarah, lightweight, I think, is the... The the real concern for me and for most people in the UK and abroad, really, is that this oxygen of publicity that Netflix is buying into, the press, the royal family themselves are buying into, we're all talking about Harry and Meghan who have done nothing very interesting, it turns out, instead of talking about Prince Andrew. Although Channel 4 do have Prince Andrew the musical over Christmas, so that's something to... Well, that's something to look forward to. I bet it's going to be a toe-tapper. Yeah. um, (laughs) Bag of chips with Margaret Thatcher. I think that's all you need to know, really. Perfect. (laughs) Absolutely perfect. No notes. If you were going to watch this or wanted to watch this, you probably would have done by now, but... And um, I think just look at articles about it and you'll probably get all you need to know, really. Or go on. One more thing, very yeah. important. We were talking about this at work. Obviously, everyone was talking about this. And one of my colleagues, uh, we were talking about how marvellous it must be to have their lifestyle now, you know. And one of my colleagues went, I wonder when we'll see her feeding the chickens. Turns out seven minutes in. Uh, that is us done another podcast in the books uh, thank you both to Sarah and to Cy do you want to just go through where we can find you on Twitter I'm at Sarah Hamstera and um, I'm Coastal News Podcast at Coastal News Pod we are at Coastal TV Pod um, Luke is at Luke Custard TV I'm at Matt's TV Bites uh, you can also get in contact with us via email reviews at gmail.com uh, next week we're doing a we're going a bit Christmassy with the um, I Hate Susie return. We've got uh, Inside Number Nine's Christmas special, and we've got the Channel Four dramatic, I would say, reconstruction of the uh, Rebecca Vardy Colleen Rooney case. 
Uh, so that's all to look forward to next time. <laughs> Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.